In this episode, we're gonna cover the seven effective ways to keep customer slash students from leaving your business. Hello and welcome to Sidekick Success Today, episode number 46, where we're going to be talking about seven effective ways to keep your customers or your students from leaving your gym. These ways, these seven ways that we're going to be going over today are things that you can implement in your programs today that will help you and engage your students better. Welcome and thank you, Master Bronson Co., for that rousing introduction that you provided for everyone <laughs> here on Facebook Live. The, the 15 versions. The 15 versions. That was absolutely uh, probably the first time that we've done that. And it reminds me now of uh, Vaynerchuk, where yep. he said, there's no takes, there's no whatever, what you get is what you get, and let's do it. Yeah. I think we should just always just... We were just talking about that earlier. Right, right rough shot. Why do... <laughs> are you speaking English? <laughs> No, why? Why do we not? Josh, why do we not? Seven ways to start. Your how about intro? you not break my computer? No, like why do we not post things on a consistent basis? Because we uh, are perfectionists and right. we don't want to have typos on our on our posts. Yeah, we uh, we it's make mistakes too, ladies and gentlemen. And I think people more, are more attracted to um, authenticity, authenticity, and people who just are showing themselves as human. And this is one of the things that I really want to make sure we're not doing is trying to make this too polished. Oh, yeah. Because there's like a tipping point when you create something and it's too polished. Because then... Robotic. Yeah, robotic. But also, it's like your your internal guard goes up. Like whenever you see a sponsored ad in Facebook compared to your friend's post... You just like I scroll through it on purpose. I don't know why I do that, but yeah. do you? Uh-uh. You're like, oh, it says sponsored. I'm like, and eh, I'm not interested. N-n-n- I click on all of them. That's because <laughs> you are weird. No. All right, let's get to it. So, right, what's guys. the first one? All right, Number guys. One. Number one on the list, and and actually, I'm going to go ahead and say this is an extension of last week's episode where we were talking about uh, signs that your students are maybe leaving, heading out the door, or getting to be disillusioned with your program. So the first one that we have here is build a database. And this is actually kind of an interesting conversation because it's not a database, a true database, but it's a list of understanding what it is that your customers like about what you do. And then also what it is that they enjoy just in general, right? Some things that you always say that just, it becomes so real, so accurate, be a good person, care about other people. When you ask somebody, how is something, it's because you actually remember that something was happening, that things were going on in their lives, that it was their birthday, that they had a soccer game, that their, you know, their daughter had her sweet 16 party, they just celebrated mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary, whatever these things may have been, that we, we actually pay attention to our students. And that real relationship, as we were just talking about authenticity, that real relationship will resonate so so big with all of the people in your program. Yeah, and it's funny how, and uh, in, in general, I think people are good. All right, hope so. But with your friends, you do all these things that are nice for them. Uh, hopefully, with your family members as well. But then, as soon as you like reclassify yourself into mm-hmm. a business, then <laughs> we start doing things differently. Right. So, for example, like we talked about in previous episodes, we'll put in all the energy and time and money into 
turning prospects into customers. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as they become our customer slash friend slash family member, then we're like, ah, you're fine. Or you right. start ignoring them and you just expect that they're going to continue to go to your business or um, experience your services and not complain and just be happy forever and ever and ever. Give me the statistic, if you, if you can remember it. I know that we've, we've talked about this before, and it's been in a book that we've both read, but um, the majority of your profit comes from what percentage of your customers? A 20%. 20%. So yep. the majority of your revenue comes from the 20% of your customers. And, and part of this idea of building that database is to say also is like, who are those people that are supporting you? And really zeroing in on getting that like, where are you spending your time? Now, again, we need to have a program that engages everyone from white belt to black belt. We can't forget about those long-term relationships, but you do need to know that there are people that you've built relationships with, with that are not necessarily, I guess, more or less important, but certainly there are people there that have a, a deep rooted desire to be there. And you need to recognize that in yeah. some ways as well. Yep. And it's just, a continuing process and I think it's just making sure that we're changing our mindset or making sure that our mindset is in the correct uh, form for the long-term engagement of your students and again if we're sp specifically talking about martial arts but it also can be translated into things like uh, phone companies mm -hmm. where you treat them so well in the beginning and they, you know, you put all the energy in the beginning free, but then after a year you're like, Oh, why do they want to quit? Or but when they become black belt, we kind of let them be. Yeah. This is something that I've constantly have to try to remind myself about is don't just keep work. Um, don't just keep like doing all the things you do for color belts, but you've got to make sure you're taking care of your black belts and not looking at them like, Oh, now they're a black belt. So their commitment's there. So I can leave them be and they're going to just automatically keep coming to class. Right. And I, I think for a lot of business owners, we just had a little conversation about this. It's a lot of times those black belts don't get as much attention because that depending on where you are in your business development, sometimes your focus is in a different place. Yep. But there's there's always you just got to remember that you've got to have a plan. And so as you're continuing to think about growth as a whole, making sure that you're paying attention to the end and the beginning are equally as important. Yep. Um, the second thing that I think just talking about these black belts is keeping in touch with your clients, your members. Um if, if you're not sending out information to them, like emails, if you're not engaging them in the classrooms, if we're not making sure, like what you just said a, a few minutes ago was the idea of uh, Facebook posts and engagement that are reaching the correct demographics or whatever. Yep. And you've said before is, you know, um, students that like drip, drip email campaigns and things of those natures. Um, if you're not giving information to the people that's relevant or important to the group, then you might miss again, miss out on the opportunity to continue to build a relationship. Yep. So is a black belt person interested in hearing about, let's say a, a child, are they interested in hearing about your white belt testing? No. So we continue to send out this generic message to everybody. And so those higher level people, you actually drive them to have less engagement because they just do what we were talking about before with the sponsors ads on Facebook, scroll past it, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. What's here for me? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And you're helping to push them out the door a little bit when you're not communicating something that's of value to them. I think I, I have the, the solution for all of this. And it's funny how we always come full circle in a lot of things in life. Mm -hmm. And especially even nowadays with marketing, 
So it used to be billboards and newspaper ads and basically what I consider blanketed approaches. So yellow pages, whatever. But now it's starting to get fine-tuned to the individual, right? Because okay. when we were talking about demographics and such. But this also applies to running your business. And for me, I have come to learn that when we are, when we are taking the blanketed approach, which also is the lazy approach to uh, keeping our customers engaged and keep them happy, we're going to get that result. We're going to get a subpar result because in the end, we're not putting in the appropriate amount of effort for each individual. And this is where I think, including me and my business, this is where we fail is that we're expecting these, these people first to get uh, enrolled in our place. And then the onboarding, right? The onboarding is just going to be like, oh, they're going to just quickly understand it. Right. But how do you know they understood the expectations? How yeah. do you know that? Yeah. Are you taking an extra step? And it's really coming down to, are you taking the extra two steps after you feel like you've gotten the job done? Mm -hmm. And if you can do that consistently in full, over time, you're going to have a growing business. Yeah. But it goes back to the human, like this is just old fashioned human factor. Treat each person as an individual based mm -hmm. on what they want, all their needs. Make sure they're happy on an individual basis. They're going to stay. Mm -hmm. But when we try to do this blanketed approach for the entire group, send out group like group emails and expect everybody to read them, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Let's, let's, I'm going to briefly take a little tangent. We talk just about that business development. In a lot of industries, when you open up a location or whatever, there's always going to be this understanding of loss that you know, we're willing to go year one with, with a negative right. number yep. because they've got this financial backing. Yep. I would go so far as to say that in a lot of instances, martial arts schools open on a shoestring budget and they can't ever afford to have any, sustain any real loss. Okay. So then what happens in regards to what you just said is I never onboard people correctly because I'm constantly focused on getting more, 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 right, more. Right. And so then the, the expectation is set and the value is never presented. Whereas if we would do a much greater job of onboarding someone and making them feel like what we want, I mean, truly what we actually want them to feel, we want them to feel like we care and we want yeah. them to get better. We want that. If you ask a business owner, do you want your customer to feel like they are fully educated in the first 60 days. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, what are you doing to, to make sure that Nothing. happens? Nothing. Right. And so you could, you could almost imagine in that instance, now this isn't helpful for people unless you're starting a school, but think about this. I could have one customer paying $250 a month because that onboarding and that engagement and that level of proficiency and the knowledge and everything that they're right. getting is so substantial. Or I could have four customers paying $70 a month. Yeah, and then you just kind of uh, let them be self-directed. Right, while Which, you're working on getting the next four. Here's a problem with, with, with having a business where people are self-directed. It is 100% unpredictable. Right. You have no idea. When they're coming, going. Where, like, you have no idea where they're going to be in their journey. 
you have no idea what they're feeling, which mm-hmm. is going to be the most important thing. So, right. and that's the that's that engagement piece where we talked before about making sure that you're communicating and and building that database of right. kind of where they are in their process. So, the third one on my list here is offering multiple communication channels, and this actually kind of ties into number two, where we talk about sending out information that's specific to their groups. So, if you're like in your programs, are you doing classes specifically for black belts? And I don't mean your day to day classes. I mean, are you offering extra extracurricular type of classes, self-defense workshops or higher level leadership training or things that would be building up that group? Or are you always offering buddy days to bring in a new friend, a new student, new student, new student, right? right? So in this case, as we talk about offering multiple communication channels, it says, do you have a Facebook that they can engage with? Do you have a newsletter they can engage with? Do, Do you have an app that they could be using? Do you have a blog that parents could be reading and yeah. interacting with? Are you, are you finding ways to be able to make sure that they know you're still talking to them. And we, you said, I think it was last week and every week and probably every day is like the relationship building aspect. What day do you go without talking to your wife? Oh, uh, never, never. We don't do that. No, right. We wouldn't do that. And so at the end of the day, you think about reaching your students. Yeah. How long do you want to go in between conversations with that person? Which we could also consider this as, as making sure we're staying top of mind. Right. Right. So there are the two approaches there that you got to think through. And this is this is truly where you can if, if you know what they're thinking and you see them engaging, then you know that they're not necessarily on their way out the door. If they love what you're writing and they're sharing your post and they're engaged, even if they aren't the right customer and they do find something else that they're passionate about, but they they love your material and they're sharing it, they're still they're still a supporter and right. you need to be able to develop that relationship as well. Agreed. Um, the next one goes back and it kind of, these are building on top of one another, ladies and gentlemen. So if you just joined in, then obviously you'll want to reach out and follow us on our next podcast uh, when we, when we post it, but this was targeting your most valuable customers. So why is this an important feature? Do you think? Why should we target our most valuable customers first Uh huh. as opposed to what? As opposed to communicating in like more generically to everyone. So you're talking more about talking to them individually? No, um, more specifically here, kind of what I'm thinking is when we are, when we're sending out a blog post, Yeah. is the blog post a generic article or is the blog post targeted to our top 20%? Yes. Um, yes. Top, top 20%. 20%. Why? Because they're bringing in 80% of the revenue. They're bringing in all the money, but also that top 20% becomes kind of your target audience. Right. So you want to be speaking to that part of your audience. The more often that you're speaking to those people, there was another book that I read. And again, I'm, I'm really messing up on, on my titles today, but it was talking about the idea of building an army of your perfect customer versus having 20 of the, or 200 of the wrong ones versus a hundred of the right ones. Which one would you be happier with? 50 of the right ones. Yeah. Any number of the, of your absolute best customer or any number of your worst customer, which one you'd rather be with? And you're like best customer all day, every day. And so that kind of a concept says that if you're top 20%, if you're talking to who your most important people are and that would give you the opportunity to develop relationships deeper with the people that you like most. Right. And that's another important factor. So sometimes engaging the students that you like most can also be not engaging the students that you like least. Correct. So just food for thought on that one. Not every single day do we have to have, it's not every student that matters. For example, let's say you have a moment where 
and I, I, I want to speak softly here because there's no such thing as a terrible child, but I think through maybe you've got somebody who's super disruptive in class, they're yeah. maybe young, that's, it's just not a good fit. If you let that person go, the people that you, the top 20 are going to thank you because they're like, yeah. you just increase the value right. for them even more. And if you want to quickly elaborate on that, uh, I do 100% agree that there is no such thing as a terrible child because a child comes out as a blank slate. Mm -hmm. It's what the parents do with the child that creates the quote unquote terribleness. So we don't really ever talk about, and we should never talk about, oh, that child is the wrong person. Right. No, it's those parents are the wrong people because you could have, you can have a child who has bad behavior. Let's say it's a, like this child's adopted and the parents are doing everything they can to uh, mold this child to become a better citizen for our society. So then they brought their child to you. If they're in full support and you're like, you know what? Uh, he's being disruptive in class. Can we get him into a smaller group or have them come on a day that is, you know, not as busy mm -hmm. or let's do some one-on-ones. So then we can get him back into the group setting where he's not as disruptive. So I think it's important that we, again, going back to treating it case by case and not just seeing the behavior, but really diving in and say, and trying to ask that question, are they the right people or not? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you can kind of already know this when you send out a blanketed email, usually the ones who are opening it are the ones who are engaged and the ones who are committed, mm -hmm. the ones who aren't, you're just on the bottom of the list and they see their email because they're, they are getting it and they're seeing it as just another newsletter. Right. So if you're just another newsletter, then here's the thing. You have two options. You just, you know, just accept the fact that they're going to leave soon or what are you doing to, change to convince them? Yep. And, and what all are you of doing those, to win them over? All of these go back to that idea of building that database of who your customers are. Like, for example, what are their needs and how important that is, is if you do have that child who is disruptive and there are those variables in there, it says parents who are so proactive trying to make this work yeah. versus parents are like, I'm dropped her off. It's your problem now. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, and all of a sudden you, you just realize that that first person is the the one that you really like maybe Tuesday, Thursday at seven is a better option yeah. for you. You know, right. All right. So another one that you've recently embarked on that I think is super powerful. Step number five is recognizing customer loyalty. Yep. So what, what can we do here to make sure that we are engaging customers that have like you just said, talking about support that are always doing everything that you, we wanted them to do. And you know, what's funny is it's almost radio silence a lot of times because we, we're literally taking them for granted that the yeah. ones who are always there, always doing the right thing, always helping, always being supportive. And we go, I never need to worry about them because yeah. they're always rock solid right. until they're not. And it's so bad, but it's so natural. Yeah. It's the hard. The squeakiest wheel gets the most attention. It That's sure just does. What it comes down We're to. always fighting fires. But well, we also like to do a lot of other un unhealthy things. That doesn't mean you do it. Right. It's called you have to step back and look at it from a, a further point of view, mm -hmm. and then logically think about well, what's the, what's the better plan here? Right. What should I be doing? Right. So one of the things that we're going to continue to work on with our business is. Instead of putting so much attention to the students who are gone, but doing something to the opposite where uh -huh. we look at all the attendants and say, hey, you know what? I just wanted to call 
because you've had 16 attendances this last month. Yep, this is That is, is awesome. incredible. Like most people don't do that. So keep that up. Now, if you're the person on the other line of that phone call. I'm going there way too much. Exactly. <laughs> or they're like, wow, that is something I didn't realize. I'm yeah. gonna, I want to keep doing that. Right. So you see those positive results and that can reinforce the behaviors that you're seeing right. too. Positive reinforcement. I brought this up at the meeting the other day uh, that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It was, it was kind of interesting. It was talking about positive reinforcement in your programs. You want to talk about keeping the right customers, keeping them engaged. What are you rewarding? What are you constantly talking about with your students right. in class? Say for example, uh, there's a paddle holding drill. Yep. And I think we may have talked about this before. Do we, do we talk about how awesome that person is doing at holding the paddle, how awesome they are at being a communicator, collaborator, yep. leader, or do we talk about how the other person needs to kick higher, kick harder, be louder? Which one are we, which one are we feeding? And I think a lot of times as instructors, we, it's so easy for us to point out you're doing that block wrong. You're doing that kick low. Yeah, yeah, you're doing that yeah. kick soft. And if we, what you just said, if we take and switch that whole thing, uh, flip it upside down and start rewarding anything that's positive behavior, the things yeah. that you want in your business, you'll get more of what you feed. Sure. And I think it's important to praise the, the effort mm -hmm. rather than the skill mm -hmm. or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, like, like, let's say for example, they do a really high kick. I can't do a high kick, but I will definitely try. Right. If I, if I'm trying and I, like, if you see a student who's who's never going to be able to do that, but they're trying, you should be giving them praise on that. Mm -hmm. But what do we do naturally? Look at that high kick. Everybody, look how high that person's kicking. Or here's the one that is the most utterly ridiculous example. You ready? Look how well they're doing the splits. <laughs> uh, you're praising the fact that they came out into this world with mobile hip joints that allows them to make the their legs go that way. And I, you know, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in on this, it's always about what, what are the aspects that you're looking for in your program? If I were coaching basketball, what am I going to be looking for? Seven foot six and like, who, who are my giants that can block the ball, dunk the ball, run with right. the ball, dribble, et cetera. And, and some of these things that you're talking about rewarding splits, if, if it were, I can't think of any, any situation where that is necessarily the right approach to reward somebody's physical attributes in Taekwondo, right. but everybody can develop those things. So again, the effort, I love how hard you're trying. I love how yeah. much focus you're putting on trying to make this thing work. Right. Cause even if you do this, even if you can do the splits at birth, uh, there's something else that you could be doing even to make it better. better. Right. Like yeah. stay in it where you're like at 80% and you're lifted off the ground and then you see them sweating and like trembling that deserves praise. Now they got it. Sitting on the ground with their legs apart and they're like just doing Flopping. something that they can take a nap in. Yeah. You don't praise that. Yeah. It's, it's all about effort. That's it's something that you've talked about for a long time. I think that's huge. And that also the idea that we're talking about in this, this little moment is the customer loyalty piece and making sure that we're always still trying to make sure that we're engaging them for their efforts. Same, just like we talked about in regards to the classroom, it's the same effort for them getting to class on time. It's the same effort for mom and dad being engaged. And this can be in a couple different things, thinking about a loyalty program or a, um, uh, referral program and having 
prizes, rewards for those sorts of things, depending on, on how you set it up, I think rewarding positive behavior is always an important part. It's funny, just quickly talking about the rewards program. Uh, I remember very clearly a couple of years ago, and I'm still obsessed with Chipotle, but uh, I was at Chipotle and it was like my fourth time that week. I'm like, you guys need to have a rewards program. Word for word, this is what they told me. Oh, yeah, but we don't really need one. And what do they just launch? They recently? just launched their rule. You see yeah. that? But, you know, that's also, it's funny because as things shift, that's a great, I did just see that actually because yeah. I downloaded the app. But here, let me, like, just to finish quickly, it's not about the rewards. And I was just thinking about this. Uh, it's basically two things. First is just appreciation. So we've noticed that you have been a great patron for our business. This is what we're, this, this is just us showing you that we appreciate that you are doing that, right? Yeah. And then I guess the second one is just that reminder. Yeah. And the constant reminder and consistent reminder that you are getting noticed right. and your progress is being tracked. We've spent so much time talking about um, big business and trying to mimic what, what are the processes that big businesses have. And that's a great example because you, you said it a second ago. I, I always forget to think about top of mind. You know, how are you engaging? When they get that email, just recently I'm uh, Starbucks rewards, whatever, gold yeah, star. Obsessed. And so I got the email saying, hey, you've earned a free reward. I get that email like every three days or so. But the, the idea there is I got to go back and get my free coffee. I got to go like, and now what are they doing? They're just feeding us into that. Yeah. If you had students that were showing up every day, like I got to go mom, I got to get my, I got to get my reward. Right. It's uh, it's just basic human psychology. It's pretty funny. We learned it in high school and college, but um, so it, just kind of in general with everything we're saying, it all, it, this is not something that you just do once a month. Yep. Like, this is this who is you daily. are. Yeah. Like during class or even if we're just talking in general business terms, mm -hmm. it's every single time that you meet with them, what are you doing to increase the engagement or at least keep it? And this is what I was preaching to my instructors this morning. You have to focus on first with what we do, have exceptional classes. And that also means have an, or provide an exceptional experience for the students. There you go. Number six it is. Provide excellent customer service. And this also applies to off the mats. And I think this is where a lot of, not just martial arts, but gymnastics or something similar where they are the best at competitive gymnastics. But then when it's off the floor, parents don't get communicated with. And actually, I've heard of this from other parents. So a good friend of mine, his daughters go to dance school. It's a small little thing and the instructors are exceptional, right? But it's a small business. And he said, well, everything's great except they're not organized. And he was just compared to Coma. He's like, you, you could teach them something with the organization part and being structured because it's like the expectations are never clearly told to the parents. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, tomorrow we have practice. They're like, what? I didn't even know about that. So. That's a perfect example where the instruction's really good, but then the customer service is not. Hmm. And that is what's limiting them from becoming bigger and bigger and bigger right. and something that you can scale. And it's, it's interesting how often diff different business owners come at it from all 
angles, yeah. right? And so some people super organized, some people financially motivated, some right. people coaching motivated, we, some. And you can have a flip flopped. Yeah. Great customer service. You got an awesome uh, admin person. They're yep. doing all that. But then terrible instruction. As soon as they come in and, and experience a business, they're like, oh, everything's great, organized. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And then when I get there and I taste the food, Ugh, yeah. it's like me. And yeah. I, I've been in businesses like this, yeah. right? The restaurant inside is just marketing is great, awesome. beautiful, right? Branding's great. You everything. want it to be good. Then you take a bite into the food, and you're like, Ugh. this is this is not that good. Right. But everything else is good. Yep. I'm part of the loyal, like the rewards program, but I'm not coming back because the food sucks. Same. Yep. So that's it. Providing excellent customer service. And you know, it's funny. Another one that I am constantly reminded when we're talking with people is who are our customers. And yeah. I think a lot of times we spend like so many comments, even talking about little Johnny wants to quit. Johnny is yeah. not the only customer in that household. No. Johnny's sister is a customer because she has to wait on Johnny in the lobby when Johnny's mm -hmm. doing his classes. Johnny's mom and dad are customers. They're the ones footing the bill for the, the program. Yep. Johnny's nanny dropping him off as a customer because she's in the, engaging in the business. And all of those people matter. But it all depends on your focus and your strategy towards trying to make sure that you're covering all of those bases. And I and you, you said it really well. Most of the time, we are only engaging on the floor. Yeah. A lot of instructors are, you know, we teach an amazing class, but then all of a sudden the back end of it is dirty. Right. M messing up. Right. So, right. All right, guys. The next one and our last one today is treat customer complaints as a gift. Okay. This is a very important part of your process in order to keep people engaged and keep them long-term when you hear something that somebody is sad or somebody is yep. mad or somebody is yep. whatever that is not a problem and when you don't engage that problem it may not happen today it might not even be this month but they're working their way from your business when they've complained to you and nothing changes and i couldn't agree more with this statement of of treat that that complaint as a gift because the other option would be they don't say anything mm -hmm. and they should quit and they right. bash you on, on social media. Complaining is an opportunity for you to fix right. it. Exactly. It's, a, it's, it's an opportunity Cry to, for to help. provide a solution. Yeah. So as soon as you hear it, what's most important is fix it immediately. Right. And there's studies on this. If, like, if you have a problem with a customer, if you can remedy it as fast as possible and the time is ticking after that, then you can make it a positive thing. But the longer you wait, the longer this embeds into their perception of your business. Right. And it's going to be harder to get out. Even right now, Facebook is, is doing a lot of work on tracking response times. Yeah. Do you think there's a reason why? I mean, Facebook's a pretty good company. Why right. are they tracking these little details? Is how quick, because people want you to be able to respond to them and for better or for worse, we're turning into a, an environment that's looking for that instant gratification more and more and more. And so if, if Johnny, Johnny's mom has the option to go to you that resolves problems on an annual basis or Johnny's soccer coach who resolves problems right, right now, yeah. where do we want to gravitate towards? They feel like the customer service over there is better than the customer service that I'm getting here. Yeah. I'll just end up there. And if, even if, if we're going back to the whole messaging thing, 
even if they do message you and you're not available, at least have something where they get a response back. Auto response. And of course, the auto response is not the best thing in the world. But, but it's it, better than leaving them hanging. Yeah, it's better than crickets. Yeah. Or you can just see it and go, hey, I saw your message, but I'm right in the middle of something. We'll get to you as soon as we can. And that's authentic and real yeah, and genuine. Yeah, they're and, not like hanging. And that kind of depends on your business. Because if, if you're a business that inter, like interacts with people on that personal level and you yeah. said, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I'm with somebody. I'm busy right now. I'll get back with you right away. But then when they talk to you, it's the same thing. Hey, yeah, you know, I was just over there having lunch with John Doe and da da da, yeah. da And it was a great experience. So what can I do for you? Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a business that operates that way. But yep. just consistency. All right, guys. So that's episode 46 and seven ways that you can take uh, the information that we've provided for you and make sure that that helps you maintain these long-term relationships. Keep your students coming back and making sure that at the end of the day, that everybody's needs are being met to the fullest of your ability. Last thing I'll say, something I just came across this week is uh, what's faster, an action or a reaction? Ooh. Ooh, I want to say a reaction is faster. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, an act, like if I'm going to hit, if I hit you in the face, that's going to be faster. Your than action you. is faster right. than my reaction. So we can apply this principle mm. to mm. our daily efforts to keeping our students. make action. Right. Make action. I'm going to get a tattoo. Make action. You have enough. <laughs> Big thanks to Sun Musaw and Best Martial Arts. James Kim doing great stuff out there. Uh, we're going to end this episode, but before we do that, let's quickly talk about what's going to be on the next episode. You know, what I what I didn't get this week that I normally get is people that have reached out and said, hey, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's Luke Blackwell just joined. Him, that guy missed him. He had his baby, right, and I haven't seen him for here. a little bit. Let's oh, get sorry. this episode done. So um, I haven't gotten people that have reached out and talked about uh, what they would like to hear, um, but I do in the in the realm of thought up here think that maybe black belt retention would be a great topic. It's something that we, oh, yeah, we heard today is yeah. what are we doing to make sure that our black belts are engaged long-term? It's easy to think about the color belt process, but those black belts become a whole different animal. They are. And I'm really starting to realize this, really starting to realize this, but I am. And it's, it's a whole nother, it's almost like the way I see it is, <laughs> you know, when you are, you're born, you're a baby, right? And you're the most vulnerable uh, human that needs caring, right? Mm-hmm. And then you become an adult and you're less reliable on other people. But what happens when you become old? What happens when you become older? You become like a baby again. Oh, I get yeah, full circle. So it's the same thing with black belts, yeah. right? The higher the black belt, the more, the more <laughs> care they need. It's like that. It's like that bell curve. All right, guys. See you at the next one uh, next week. If you want to join us live, as always, it's at uh, 1.30 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook page. See you at the next one.